Hello, my name is Lieutenant Mursh. I'd like to welcome you all to our youth service today. Uh, it's an honor and privilege being able to sit here and, and speak to you guys. And I feel like our church is doing a very good job at presenting our services and our sermons to the entire congregation, although we are limited with the limitations of COVID. But the one thing that is hitting our church the hardest by COVID is our our inability to, to connect with others and the limitations put in our community. And I feel that, that without a community, it, it brings forth a lot of problems with a community to talk to and, and people to, to speak with. And without that, it's a lot harder for us as, as social creatures to, to thrive. So my message or something I felt like I would share is, although our church community, although we aren't able to have a church community at the moment, we should seek, we should seek some sort of a community. At, at, at the very least, although <clears throat> although the community at church, at, at, there's, I it, it's good to see a, a positive side to all of this. I, I always believe that there's there's always a positive side. Uh, with our community at church, a lot of people in the community have we all have very similar ideas and ideologies and beliefs that we have, and it is very easy to have a community with people who have the same morals and ethics as you. So I would like to challenge everyone to go out to the world and then to integrate and then integrate themselves in communities with different ideas and different beliefs and into communities that do different things to what you do. And then you may question, why would I ever do that? Well, I, I, I spent this week doing that and I put myself in some serious conditions, like some conditions that were, that were dangerous for me and it really tested me. So when I found out that if you put yourself in conditions, that are uncommon or conditions that are dangerous or conditions that test your faith. They also test your strength. And if you don't get your, if you don't test your strength, you will never know how strong you are. And if you don't test your strength, you will never be able to grow and become stronger as an individual, whether that be stronger in your morals, stronger in your faith, or just, just a stronger individual in in general, no matter what, what field. So if you place yourself in different communities, if you place yourself in new experiences, can you come up with new ideas and new beliefs? And the more you expose yourself to the world, the more you actually understand about the world. And the, the great benefit to all of this is that you will become stronger as an individual. No matter how, what strength you gain, you will end up becoming stronger. And that is something that I found. And if you don't end up becoming stronger straight away, what will happen is you will find out flaws of yourself that you didn't know existed before. And then you give yourself the opportunity to become stronger. But either way, although we are currently unable to have a church community at the moment, we will be able to, it gives us an opportunity to strengthen ourselves. That, that is a positive that I see. And that is something that, that I, I believe should be appreciated. And to title together with the Bible, there was this Bible verse that I was thinking about for a really long time. It said, blessed are the meek they would inherit the earth and I always thought meek was our weak or why would why would the weak ever inherit the earth but then I looked into it a little bit closer and the translation goes meek actually translates it translated from Greek or something it translates that meek meaning those who know how to use the sword but keep it sheathed meaning those who are strong but use their strength carefully so the bible verse means blessed are those who are strong and humble for they will inherit the world Blessed are those who keep their sword sheathed, for they won't inherit the world. So I recommend you go out there 
you expose yourself and you will not be able to understand who you really are as as a child of God unless you test yourself and that is that is my message before we start our service today that is my message to the youth or to anyone in the congregation I don't know about you but I have a love hate relationship with my technology they promise to make our lives better, easier, we can live with more connectivity than ever. Yet somehow I find myself being connected to the screen more so than the people on it. We find ourselves bombarded by information from every single direction. The world is shouting at us and we can't just calm down and listen to what we really need to listen to. And sometimes that's how it feels like when we're trying to connect with God. We feel like Elijah trying to connect with God when the storms are raging through, yet God is in the quiet. How do we hear him? To find true stability in our ever-changing world, we need to find a solid foundation to build our lives upon. In Matthew 7:24, it says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. I'm here at Coleroy Beach, we're about 20 minutes north of Manly. It's a long stretch of beach and there's a road just over that way that runs almost exactly alongside it. But the views are so good and the beach is so close that a bunch of people decided to build multi-million dollar homes between the road and the beach itself. What could possibly go wrong? In June 2016, there was a huge storm that rolled through and it caused heaps of erosion to the sand right here. It came all the way up the beach, wiping away 25 metres of sand, and it left most of these houses behind me perched right on the edge of a huge sandbank, and there was one house that had a pool fallen off over the edge. This storm left millions of dollars worth of damage, and these residents were evacuated for months. The council's plans for protecting these homes is actually still under debate, and there's varying amounts of sympathy. Often our lives can feel like they are crumbling. So many things that we work so hard for can just be swept away in a storm of our life. And sometimes we just feel like our foundations are falling apart. Now, when none of us say that we would practice idolatry, how do we define what it is that what we worship? Idolatry is the act of taking something and making it more important than what it should be in our lives. Our constant need for this connection to our technology is changing our priorities. When we sh should be slowing down and focusing on what we have, we find ourselves consumed with getting just that extra bit of work done or making sure that our profile has been updated or looking at things that we want to buy. What we do with our time and what we worry about kind of gives us an insight into what it is that is consuming our thoughts. In his book called Counterfeit Gods, the author Timothy Keller says that an idol is whatever you look at and say, if I have that, then I will feel like my life has meaning, or maybe then I will feel satisfied. It may not be our devices themselves, that are, are what we are holding as too important, but what are they telling us about what is truly important? We find ourselves in this constant tension 
the battle between constantly trying to keep up with the world yet resisting the world at the same time. While I'm not saying that we have to go and throw out our devices as soon as we finish this on this sermon on a Saturday morning, we need to find ways that we can create the space to hear God and put his words into practice in our daily lives to help us live fuller lives once again. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus was warning us against the false disciples and then the wise and foolish builders. Verse 24 starts with the word, therefore. And he does that just before diving into the metaphor that we know so well. But this means that we need to look at the story behind it. Verse 21 starts with, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, evildoers. When we make ourselves feel important by appearing to do things for God, Jesus says to us, nah, doesn't impress me one bit. So earlier, if we look back in verse 15, Jesus is warning the crowd to watch out for false prophets amongst them. But then verse 1 follows this up with a bit of a punch. It says, watch out that you don't accidentally become a false disciple. Doing these so-called works for God with selfish intention is not just a bad way of doing a good thing, but it actually makes us a false disciple. So then how do we make sure we don't fall into this trap when it's our human natures keep pushing us towards wanting to be the best? And it isn't until we realize how desperately we need Jesus that we can find that foundation on him. It obviously isn't our good works that are going to save us. We need to build that foundation by making space to listen to Jesus. So how do we avoid becoming a false disciple? Right after Jesus warned the crowd about the true and the false disciples, our special word here, therefore, links us to this metaphor that Jesus tells. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew against that house, yet it did not fall because it has its foundation on a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Two people, two different responses to Jesus' message. One person hears Jesus' words and puts them into practice. The other hears Jesus' words and yet doesn't act on them. So how did Jesus put his own words into practice? He teaches us how to worship God first, before anything else. Just like he asked the rich man in Mark 10 verse 21, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. 
whatever it is that we're building our foundation upon, Jesus asks us, are you willing to give it up to follow me? God is saying to us, build your foundation on me. So what does it look like today to build our houses on the sand? What happens then in the storm? What is it that you are building your foundations on? Maybe we're building them on our finances, our job security, health, our influence on social media, our identity, our power, or our status. COVID has been this storm that has hit us all, and it's thrown so many of our foundations away. Some more than others. Maybe it's thrown away your job security, the freedom to meet and travel wherever we want, whenever we want. For some, health, and maybe for others, it's uprooted our certainty. I've found that the more we experience the fragility of life, the more we come to realize that Jesus is the only foundation that will never change. As these storms rattle us, we find out if we have our foundation built on anything other than Jesus, it's not gonna hold up in the storm. Our foundation should instead be built on hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice. I'd never read this story in light of the true and the false disciples that comes just before the story of the wise and foolish builders. But I found that we need to build our foundation in our lives so that we can become an authentic disciple of Jesus. If our lives are based on the only the certainty that Jesus can bring, we will find that we can endure any kind of storm that throws our way. In 1 Chronicles 16.11 it says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. It's not just in the moments where we realize how desperately we need Jesus, but it's in those moments as we come to realize that we desperately need Jesus always. So then, what does it look like today to build our houses on the rock? Then what happens in the storm? Verse 24 gives us this twofold solution. He says, hear the words of Jesus and put them into practice. How are you going to hear the words of Jesus and how are you going to put them into practice? Then when the storms of life hit us, if our foundation is safely set in Jesus, and his word, we're going to hold fast during any storm that hits us. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. As you go about your week, I hope that you can find ways to apply this to your lives. I hope that you can work out how we can better hear these words of Jesus. And then with those words that we hear or that we read, we can find ways to apply them to our lives and put them into practice.